Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. So if you've been with us over the past little while, you know we've been journeying through Faith Runs Deep, which is a um, a church campaign that we're we're working through with um, Carl Fays um, and his team of incredible people who um, have um, been looking at what it means to to have faith as a result of our Christian heritage in this country, what it looks like to, to be a Christian in the Australian environment right now but also what that means for the future generations of believers in this country, right? And so we heard from Brendan Handel in week one, uh, who launched the series for us. A couple of weeks ago, I brought a message called Second Chances, looking at uh, this, this notion of forgiveness, knowing that, that all of the things God has done for us, to forgive us of all of those things we've done, what does it look like to actually extend that to other people as well? Because it's easy to receive forgiveness, but what's it like to extend it? And so today we're looking at taking that a bit further and we're going to have a look at this, the third and fourth uh, session of Faith Runs Deep, looking at eternity in our hearts and melting pot. Then next week, Julian Hopkins, one of our elders, will bring uh, the, the message, That Other Religion, looking at the sport and how, how sport influences our culture as believers here in, in Australia. And the final week looks at um, the role of charity and community organisations in a message called My Brother's Keeper. And so this week we're looking to take this concept of forgiveness just that bit further, right? Forgiveness is this intentional decision to let go of resentment and anger and hurt and offence in our lives. And like I said, that's not always easy. But what does it look like to take that even further and try and repair those things that have happened. Try and repair that relationship. Like the dictionary says, to restore friendly relations. Or the action of of bringing one view and a completely different view together and coexisting. Not necessarily dismissing one or the other, but being able to reconcile these two different viewpoints together. And so that's what we're going to do today. All right? First, check out the uh, sermon video for this week. I grew up experiencing a lot of racism, um, which of course has an enormous impact upon your life. In my secondary school, we were talking about our our teacher asked, what did you want to do when you were leaving school? And I said, I wanted, and I was the only Aboriginal student in the class, and I said, I wanted to go to university. And her, along with the students, mocked me and laughed at me and said, you know, black people only work with their hands. That'll never happen. So that spurred me. That stayed in my belly. And it was like a little flame. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. If I met you then, what would you have been like? (laughs) You wouldn't have met me. (laughs) We wouldn't have crossed on the same side of the street. And uh, if we did, uh, chances are I'd have been in your face. I, uh, you know, uh, it makes me laugh now in hindsight. All three foot of me, you know, but uh, 
Ah, uh, yeah, I, uh, in my mind, I was a black revolutionary, so I wanted the conflict, and um, I wanted you to know that you were living in a stolen country. pursued education, what did you do? I did my theological studies um, at UTS and Noongalinga. I also went to Sydney University and Flinders University and did theological studies. Was your mum around when you got your PhD? Yeah. What was yeah. that like for her? I was the first Aboriginal to be graduating with a PhD from Sydney University. She was absolutely excited. Years at least living and working on the main streets of Mount Truitt. Yeah, I met a guy who had an indelible, uh, left an indelible imprint in my life. Uh, 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 Father Paul Hanna from the local Catholic parish there. And um, uh, I just saw that this, for the first time in my life, I met a uh, a priest who had a social conscience and who wanted to work with people, oh. and in particular my people, or the people on the margins. And suddenly, it was as if I saw for the first time, this is what Jesus is like. Yeah. I came to Australia in 1999, and I was running away from the tribal crashes in my town, especially in Eldoret, which was very bad. I used to say, God choose for me, you know me. Choose for me the country which I'll fit in. And living in Australia, that's exactly what God gives me. And that shows me whatever you ask God, he gives it to you. So Tony, what's the, what's the makeup now over all these years? Um, what's the makeup of these, this community? Yeah, so um, before the Vietnamese came, there were, it was the Greeks and okay. Europeans. And so when the Asians came, I guess we settled here, mm -hmm. and then Cabramatta began to be a sort of Chinatown that uh, was inside Sydney. If you wanted to see a real, you know, um, and have a real experience of uh, a little Chinatown, that would be Cabramatta. Right, right. When you went back, and as you th think about the history and the fact that your parents flee, what did you think about the Vietnam War? This is an interesting thing because my parents coming over, we never spoke about the war. Okay. And so, well, they never spoke about it. Yep. The only thing I knew about the war was actually what I learned in school. When we interviewed Tony, what I found really intriguing is they left Vietnam on a boat as refugees, running not just from the war, but from the outcome of the war. And I thought, really, my family is exactly the same. My dad just never talked about it, really, hardly ever. There's just some moments, some glimpses where you caught some bits of the story. And it's, I think it's exactly the same. Here is a Vietnamese family running from the Vietnam War, my dad running from the Second World War, and in the end, they wanted just to shut that out. In this country, we have so much to, to be thankful for, to, to celebrate. 
in many, in many ways, we enjoy the, the freedom and the opportunity that Australia provides. And, and like we saw in today's video, many from around the world have come to enjoy the same freedom and the same opportunity. People from many different corners of, of the earth have, have seen this country as a place where you can go to make a go of things, live in safety, free from conflict, an opportunity to, to make a new or better life. Yet, like, like many countries around the world, there's many parts of our history that are hard to hear. Where there have been events that have caused incredible pain, incredible trauma and division amongst people. As Christians, we recognise that we live in an imperfect world. Our human nature means that as a result of that imperfect world, we also are imperfect. We sin. Whether it's intentionally or inadvertently, we tend to manage to hurt one another, often based on the fact that we're different in some way. Other people might have different coloured skin to you. They might speak a different language, have different customs or values. They might look different, act different. We often make the mistake of thinking that somehow we're superior to other people, better than other people, more valued or more valuable, taking power and control and influence into our own hands. See, this actually goes all the way back to creation. In the book of Genesis, we see, see God create the world in perfect harmony, perfect love. Yet by Genesis 3, we see through the, through the free will that God extends to his creation, to us humans, sin enters the world. The relationship between God and his people is broken. And so with that brokenness comes pain and shame, disappointment, hate, fear and condemnation. And because of humanity taking advantage of the, the power and control they had over God's creation, we see things go from bad to worse. We're going to have a look at Genesis 11 this morning, if you have your Bibles. Genesis 11 says this, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they, they found a plain in Shinar, and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we make, may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered all over the face of the earth. Make a name for ourselves. Not to honour God in what they're doing, yet to glorify themselves. But the Lord came down to see the city and the, the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as, if as one people speaking the same language they have began to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from, from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, because the, the Lord confused the lang that's where the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. I, for one, am grateful that I'm different, that I'm unique. Trust me, you don't want more of me around the place. See, any of us that are parents 
know that there's a bit of a risk when you create new people that they might just turn out like you. My kids certainly have, and now I'm like, oh, what have I done? But how boring would life be if we're all the same? If we all had the same personalities, if we all looked the same, shared the same ideas and views all of the time, I think it'd be a pretty boring place. And see, we all have different views. We have different values. We have different habits and customs. Whether we're from, from this nation or other nations, we're all exceptionally unique, just as God created us to be. Yet we've seen throughout history that these attributes that make us unique to God have been used as a point of division. We've seen incredible trauma and suffering and pain because of, of people using their differences against one another. And this isn't a new notion. We've just heard about it in, in the early accounts of Scripture. And it still happens today, all these years later. And see, it didn't just happen in the Middle East either. It happens here in Australia. We're not exempt from any of this. Our, our history is scattered with, with these kinds of events and times in history where abhorrent and horrendous atrocities have happened, have taken place by people against people. From events around the, the, the settlement of this country where, where Indigenous people were displaced and even killed because they posed a threat to the early colonial settlers, which caused and continues to cause an incredible amount of generational trauma to those First Nations people. The same people who have experienced over 200 years of white settlers inferring that they just know better. Or particularly in the past century, we've, we've seen the treatment of, of immigrants that, that look to this country for a new life, for improved conditions, for freedom or protection from things happening in their country of origin. Yet once they arrive, they realise this country isn't quite as accepting, isn't quite as welcoming as they first thought making it difficult to attain that freedom and opportunity that they once desired. And whilst race is certainly one of the great dividers in society, we also and continue to see division among the sexes. We see division between education and levels of income. We see division in the establishment of, of class structures, between political views and religious views. It's not how it's meant to be. It's like we've used these things that make us unique and different and valued in God's eyes as weapons against one another. And I can say that, that can only be from the enemy. The, the enemy uses division amongst God's people as a way of causing pain and trauma, meaning that we lose sight of who God is and who we are in his creation. This division and conflict often means that, that one party or, or group of people tries to infer that they're greater, that they're stronger, they're more powerful or educated, more valued, and it creates this culture of not equal, inequality. And for things to be equal, they don't need to be the same. Five and five makes ten, and so does three and seven. They're equal, they're not the same. God sees our inherent value based on the fact that we are his incredible and intricate creation. 
We don't have to have the same skin colour. We don't have to have the same education. We don't have to have the same level of income. We're all equal in God's eyes. So why, why as humans do we consistently use these differences against one another? God's plan through Jesus is to reconcile all people to himself. Everyone. The entire earth. Why don't you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 says this. Therefore remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth, that is non-Jewish people, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside his flesh, the law, with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility." He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you who are no longer longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built up together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. See, God not only wants to reconcile us to himself, but he wants us to reconcile to one another. To put those things aside that once divided us, and to embrace love, embrace humility, and embrace our differences. And so today, there's a few key things I want us to consider. The first is, human behaviour is often not equal to God's character or design. Sadly, one of the key things when I speak with not-yet-believers about faith one of the first things that I often have to go to is try and forget everything you know about Christians. See, sometimes us as Christians, we cloud their image of God. Unfortunately, Christ, as, as Christ followers, we don't always set the best example. We're broken too. And see, what happens is people perceive God based on the behaviour, the opinions, the the values of Christians, which when it's good, is an absolutely amazing thing. But when it's not good, well, it's not good. We can't let God's character be watered down, be be damaged, be restricted by our, our human actions or inactions. We actively need to work against this. 
And the key to understanding that is, is understanding our own humanity and understanding God's divinity. As a result of the fall in Genesis 3, we're all broken people. We are all equally broken. And it means we all fall short and we all sin. And at times, we become the barriers to others knowing and experiencing and believing in the true power of God through Jesus. Second thing I want us to take note of. Tolerance doesn't equal acceptance. There's plenty of things in life that we probably tolerate. Doesn't mean we accept them. Anyone can tolerate another person or or a group of people, but it's acceptance that lets us see that diversity as an asset, not a threat. When we strive for acceptance, we also strive for equality, for love, and overall mutual respect. But to take that one step further, both tolerance and acceptance are not equal to embracing difference. Let me say that again. Tolerance and acceptance are not equal to embracing difference. What would it look like if I said to you, Sarah and Justin, you're different to me. That's okay because I get to see God through you. God has made you unique and special just the way he planned. And I accept you and I love you because of God revealing himself through you. What would that look like as we we get about this place interacting with people? What would it look like to embrace everyone's difference? Not to be threatened, not to be threatened by difference because we want to embrace it. We want to see God through our interactions and relationships in others. Not trying to ignore it, not trying to change it, but celebrating it because, because God is revealing his love his goodness, his power through each and every one of us. What would it look like to embrace that? And finally, judgment is not our place or responsibility. A further example of humanity trying to control and dominate and trying to seize power and attempt to increase our superiority over one another, we take this judgment into our own hands. Now, to be clear, this isn't not calling out poor behaviour. There's bad stuff that happens and it needs to be called out. But we're not the judge. Again, it's it's a part of our human nature that, that we let our biases dictate how we treat and judge others. So easy to do. Like in the video of the experience of the Indigenous lady who had been told she wouldn't amount to anything because of her heritage because of her race, but actually, essentially, just because of the colour of her skin. She was judged as a child, made to feel less than. But I love that it spurred her on anyway. She sure showed them with all the achievements she made. We can do this too. We can make these assumptions. We make these judgments. And in the same way, we need to actively work against them. We need to actively shift our thinking. We need to to actively change our understanding to stop prejudice, to stop unfair treatment of people, 
to stop judgment of, of other people, regardless of their background, regardless of their customs, regardless of their values, where they grew up, what school they went to, whether they have a home or they don't, regardless of how much they earn, whatever other divisive situation you can put in between. Regardless of that, God the Father is the only and the ultimate judge. Not us. Like the early Hebrew people building that tower at Babel, trying to take things into their own hands. We're not in control here. This is not our place to judge. It's not our responsibility. God's the judge. And I guarantee you, he doesn't look at any of those things. He doesn't look at how much you earn. He doesn't care about the colour of your skin. He doesn't, he doesn't look at any of those other things that we place as a point of division between people. He only cares about the condition of your heart. Because regardless of all of those things, each one of our hearts are the same. Doesn't matter where we come from, who we are. We're all human and we all have the same heart. And not one of them is beyond the reach of God. So as we go today, I want each of us to consider simply this. Am I reflecting the character of God in the way that I deal with people that are different with me, different than me? What do I need to change in my heart? What do I act actively need to work towards or against to see people the way God sees them. May this be our contemplation today. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created each one of us unique, yet each one of us in your image. And Father God, would we would we start to see the people around us, no matter their differences to us, in the same way that you see them? Would those points of difference be, be moments of celebration, be moments of, of embracing the, the similarities and the differences we have with all humanity? Father God, would we, would we be so bold to pray that you would equalize things, that you would, would show your, your, your incredible grace to each one of us and enable us to see other people just the way that you do. Father, would we be a community of followers here that embrace difference, that embrace people because that's what you've done for us. Jesus, you are our example. May we continue to grow more and more like you each day. And may we, may we confess and repent those, of, of those times when we haven't got it right, when maybe we've made that judgment, when we've made that comment. Father God, would you see our hearts, our desire to connect with one another in relationship? And may we celebrate the difference that's all around us because it is your beautiful creation. May you be with us in these moments as we share a moment of contemplation.
in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.